Now to Fulton County, Georgia, and what Mark Meadows hopes a judge and eventually a jury will believe right now. It is still up in the air at this point whether Meadows will get his wish to move his case to federal court. But we learned a lot Monday about how the former White House chief of staff plans to defend against a sweeping indictment in Georgia. He spent three plus hours on the witness stand and his attorney led him through a carefully orchestrated story of his last few months in office. The main takeaway that Meadows said politics was central in his federal role as Trump gatekeeper inside the White House. CNN Sarah Burry is live for us with more on that. Sarah, what was the sort of broad takeaway from the argument, as we said, that Meadows and his lawyer wanted the judge to hear? Well, I mean, Dana, first of all, it's a gamble to put a criminal defendant under oath, even in something like this. But that's what they did with Meadows, because they wanted to drive home this notion that everything he was doing, even if it may have seemed political, was actually part of his work as White House chief of staff, and therefore it should be moved to federal court. So calls involving Rudy Giuliani, who was then Trump's personal attorney, that was all part of his official duties. The call to Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger, where Trump asked Raffensperger to find the votes, they Said that that was part of Mark Meadows' official duties. He said that these voter fraud suspicions were a roadblock to the peaceful transfer of power and that he was trying to just land the plane on this whole peaceful transfer of power to incoming President Joe Biden, which of course uh, didn't go well considering January 6th. His lawyer went so far, Meadows' lawyer, as to say essentially everything was within the scope of Mark Meadows' duties as White House Chief of Staff, except if he, you know, went to Lafayette Square Park and shot someone, Dana. Uh, very specific uh, illustration there. Uh -huh. Appreciate that. Thank you so much, Sarah. And here with me to share their insights, former FBI Deputy Director Andrew McCabe, CNN's Kristen Holmes, and former federal prosecutor Shan Wu. Uh, Andy, the whole sort of crux of what Mark Meadows said can be described in the following quote. There is a role for the chief of staff to make sure those campaign goals and objectives are implemented at the federal level. Is that the role for the White House chief of staff or is the White House chief of staff supposed to be dealing with the federal government and the president in his official capacity and not in the politics, which is what he argued in court yesterday? I think there are two different perspectives here. One, Mark Meadows, it's quite reasonable. He would think everything the president told him to do, that was his job and he was acting within the scope of his job. But that's not necessarily the way a judge is going to interpret what he was doing under color of authority. Technically, color of authority means the acts that you undertook that were authorized by the statutes or the constitution that gives you the authority you have. Um, so I think it's, he is on very shaky ground in terms of whether or not this judge is going to go along with his incredibly broad uh, interpretation of his duties or whether he's going to draw lines around things like the Hatch Act. No, you do these things as a federal, high-ranking federal official, and you did other things that were political. Those two don't mix, and therefore, no removal. So Mark Meadows was Donald Trump's chief of staff, and Mark Short was... Mike Pence's chief of staff. They were in very different positions, and especially are right now when it comes to uh, what was going on with the post-election uh, desperation to try to stay in office, and of course, up through January 6th. But I want you to listen to what Mark Short said to Wolf Blitzer yesterday about uh, his skepticism of Meadows' argument. If that was true, 
then why was he circumventing all of White House counsel's advice? Why wasn't Pat Cipollone involved? Why wasn't that team involved? Why wasn't DOJ involved? Instead, Mark recruited outside lawyers who he wanted to listen to. That was Alex Marquardt, but it was Wolf's show. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> the problem for Meadows is almost exactly what his lawyer said about this shooting someone in Lafayette Park. That's what he's accused of doing, is trying to shoot a bullet through the heart of American democracy. And most of his testimony yesterday was going to what I would consider to be a factual innocence defense. Just as Andy was saying, his argument is kind of, look, I'm the chief of staff to the president. I got to handle everything. He tells me to do something. I got to take care of it. That might have some jury appeal, meaning don't blame him. He shouldn't have gone down. Might have had some legal strategy appeal to maybe cut a deal ahead of time to say, I was just trying to serve the boss. I didn't realize it was illegal. Where it doesn't work for him is to try to expand the job description to cover these accusations that were clearly outside a normal chief of staff's duty. I think you could line up a dozen of them in the last century, <laughs> and none of them would say that this was part of their normal duties. But I will say that when it comes to what's normal and what's not normal, when you talk about the Trump administration, most things are not right. normal. And so if you're setting up, as Mark Meadows did, if you look back on the January 6th committee and there are these various testimonies that essentially put Mark Meadows at the center of all of this, really at the direction of Donald Trump. And that's the question that I have when other people are listening to this. Maybe they don't know what a chief of staff's job is. Talk about a jury specifically. Do they see this as, okay, this was what the president was focused on. Mm -hmm. This is what the chief of staff does is he serves the president. Mm -hmm. So wasn't he doing that in his capacity? And is that relevant? I right. I think it is relevant in the way that Shan described. It's relevant to a jury who might be thinking, hey, you know what, this guy was just following orders he didn't know. But that's not what the standard is he's facing right now. He's trying to convince a judge that he was within the legal scope of his authority as chief of staff. And I, even though it's a low bar and most high-ranking federal officials are able to successfully invoke things like removal mm -hmm. and, dis and uh, dismissal on immunity grounds, I'm not so sure he's going to be successful. And Shan, one of the other things that Meadows said was, quote, one of my jobs was trying to be gatekeeper. That was a lot more challenging with President Trump. You play offense and defense. I found myself playing defense a whole lot. And that probably is one of the understatements of the year. <laughs> right. Same exact point. Those are all meant to say this was a tough job. It's all encompassing. It doesn't go to this legal question of whether one, he has enough of a colorable defense federally to be in federal court. And two, the real heart of his defense is this supremacy clause immunity, meaning I'm a federal official, I can't be charged. In a lot of ways, this was a dry run for that. This was really a hearing about his substantive defense. That's why he gets up on the stand to take that chance to convince people, the judge, that really factually, I'm innocent here. I'm just doing my job. And meanwhile, we don't have to remind people that this is all happening against the backdrop of a campaign uh, that Donald Trump is running again for president. One of his competitors, at Chris Christie, his super PAC, it's called Tell It Like It Is, ran the first ad with the Trump mugshot. Let's watch. Tired of the drama, the distractions, the lies. I think the Trump people will love it.
I think that they like the idea of running with the mugshot. I think that they're happy that Chris Christie will use that. Um, I do think that there is a concern, larger concern, when we come to general electability, when all of those things that Chris Christie says in that ad is absolutely true. His own advisors have those concerns. People are going to be exhausted by the time they get to a general election if he is, in fact, the nominee. Uh, but in terms of putting that out there, they like having that out there. As you can see, that's what they did when they started selling their own merchandise with the mugshot yeah. almost immediately.